Hi guys, you're with Donna and Cheryl from Now Is Your Time and today we have life lessons with an amazing woman. You're going to want to hear this story and um, she goes by the name of Lucy Quigley. So when you hear Lucy's accent, you're going to hear this beautiful Canadian accent, but clearly that's not a, a Canadian name, is it Lucy? <laughs> no, no, Lucy Quigley is, um, Quigley is my married name. It's an Irish name from, uh, I've traced it back to Mayo County. Mm -hmm. And my first name, Lucy, is actually spent, spelt the French way with an I-E. And uh, that's another fantastic story because my father growing up, his favorite dog was Lucy with a Y. So really? he named Lucy with an I-E. So technically I'm not named after the dog, family dog, but you know. Although my, name, my son's name is Caleb with a K, which also means dog in an ancient language and also means worshipped in Hebrew. So I tell people about the worship one, rather yeah. than the dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lucy, I believe the, the meaning of Lucy is bringer of light. Oh, oh like, not yeah. dog. So I'll go with that. Yeah. We, can, we can safely say the listeners can't see you, but you definitely have an aura bringer of light, light around you. And Thank the most you. amazing smile, guys. I wish you could see Lucy's smile. She's got the best <laughs> yes. teeth I've seen. There's life the, coming up. Word from a Hollywood doctor. Like, yeah. they're incredible. And they're all natural. Aren't they? That's what we say. We yes. say. They're gorgeous and they're natural. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They are, yeah. So, like, we really want to talk with Lucy um, to you guys today because Lucy, when we first were contacted, like, literally the last 12 months of your life have just been transformational, pivotal, incredibly, I mean, this, the turnaround story is just tremendous, isn't it? And we want you just to tell us the story of maybe start with where you were up to 12 months ago, how you were feeling and what led up to that, Lucy. So yeah, basically 12 months ago, um, I was in a very desperate position and I was alone and I'd become that um, cliche of the person unemployed living in their parents' basement. And uh, what had brought me there was that we'd been living in another part of Canada and it, it wasn't a good fit for, for me anymore. And it was time for me to create change. So I'd moved uh, to my parents back in the city where I was raised in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought I was going to start this brand new life. I'm going to find a new job. Everything's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but four weeks later, I still I don't even think I had an interview. I'd been sending out dozens, if not hundreds of resumes. And um, I'll never forget that day. It was, my computer was set up in the unfinished part of my parents' basement. And I was just so desperate because nothing was working. Um, I'd spent a lot of the last six years listening to a lot of, you know, new thought leaders like uh, Lisa Nichols, Joe Vitale, Wayne Dyer, Les Brown, Mel Robbins. So I had all, I knew all this stuff, but I just could not figure out how to put it in to action for myself. And it was in that moment of desperation that um, I sat down and I wrote down five simple things that I wanted to change in my life, areas of my life. And um, I got up the next day and I wrote those five things down again. And I did a little bit of journaling. I'd never done any sort of real journaling up to this point. Yeah, okay. um, never really brought any focus to my life at this point. And so I just continued every day. I'd get up early and I'd spend that time reflecting on these five things. They, these five things actually um, later became, I named them my fab five for my fab, five fabulous things that I wanted to create in my life. And over time I tweaked them mm -hmm. and I 
uh, refined them and tied them into my why mm -hmm. so that they really started to create that emotion in me. Um, I then transferred that into uh, creating vision boards. Mm -hmm. So I was spending a lot of my mornings, um, because I was still unemployed, um, focusing on, on the life that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And the changes were slow at the beginning, but little by little, you know, one step, two steps, I was moving forward, you know, and things just started falling into place. Mm -hmm. Things started coming into my life. People were, you know, through no other way, no other explanation, people were appearing in my life, events were occurring, and I was able to put everything together. And, um, you know, 12 months later, my life is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it, it's completely changed. Um, I don't get down when things happen. You know, we all have stuff in our life. Yes, my life is amazing, but, you know, I still have to deal with teenage kids and, you know, my son's girlfriend moved in with us and, you know, my husband's career is going through a change. We all have those things, mm -hmm. but by giving myself that focus every morning and implementing my Fab Five and some other tools, I can frame everything so that it doesn't get me down. And I've been down 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 before and i you know when i was in um living in nova scotia i spent five six years on antidepressants really oh. yeah so <laughs> i know so this 12 months has been really transformational but you had you know i guess on the outside you had a lovely husband you've got these gorgeous boys you've got you know the beautiful part of the world that i'm like well i'd love to live there i'd love to go there at least but you didn't feel like that. You felt really disconnected from your life because you just kind of done what was expected of you. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, what's, who am I? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it exactly. You know, I, I think some people might call it a midlife crisis. However, I <laughs> not, I don't consider myself midlife. No, it's like a quarter life crisis. Just yeah. a little yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, it was suddenly, it, you know, it, it smacked me in the face one day that everything in my life felt wrong. I couldn't articulate why I couldn't put the pieces together. I just knew that I had to move. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that in itself created a lot of problems in our family. Um, but we came through it. We came up with some, some great solutions and it's all contributing to our ongoing success. Mm. What did that feel like though? So I'm just trying to picture you in your, cause, and I can feel that cause in my, my first marriage, I just remember being mentally abused, physically abused, but getting up and going to work and still managing people and kind of coming back and thinking, this is not my life. This, I remember thinking that this is, I don't know how you're here, but I know you're not meant, meant to end up here, but this is not your life. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have a great relationship with my husband, you know, essentially, yeah, we had our problems. Mm. Um, and I knew a lot of the what I was feeling was within me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling right. Um, and, you know, the day I left Nova Scotia to start building a life for us here, um, I remember driving away and thinking, I think later on I wrote something about it saying, you know, driving away, I, could, I saw him standing on the porch and um, I knew that, st that staying there would kill me and leaving would kill him. 
Mm-hmm. And it was, it's um, an absolutely heartbreaking situation to be in, knowing that I had to create this change for myself and the potential devastating effect that it was going to have on my family. Yeah, there was no win-win with this. Because no, one of your sons came with you, didn't he? And then did some moms at uni. Yeah, the, the, the timing was such that our oldest son was going to university, mm-hmm. close to back to where I was going to be living. And um, my second son, he was going to go to high school where mm-hmm. I was living. And um, they actually came the week after me. I left alone. The following week, my husband drove down and, you know, we got the other one to university and the other one settled at my parents' home with me. And um, then my husband went back to our home in Nova Scotia so we could start to figure out how we were going to piece our our lives and our family back together. And it was, it was hard. He was, everyone was alone. Everyone was, was going through this crisis point. My son in university was miserable. My son was trying to, the other son was trying to adjust to uh, life in a new school. He was going into grade 10. He's 16, a terrible time to be in a new environment. And then my husband was home alone um, in Nova Scotia because what we decided was we were going to keep the house. Um, it was in a little seaside village uh, in, on the coast of Nova Scotia and we kept it and we fixed it up and uh, listed it on Airbnb for summer rentals. So he was in the midst of taking care of all of that. And, you know, for a good two months, we were splintered and we were all feeling this, this heavy pain of what was going on and, and just trying to figure out how to bring it back all together. No, I was just going to say, what was it like going back to your parents' house and being in a basement with your son? Because we've all come away from our parents and then some of us have had to go back to the parents. Mm. What was that like? Because I'm back in with my parents when I was 30, when I was mm. going through the divorce, I had to rent my house out. Mm-hmm. And, so, and it was just, it was, I loved my parents, but it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Just, I'd, yeah. I'd moved out when I was 18. I was so used mm. to have my own space. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I moved out when I was 18. Mm. And um, actually and went from living with my parents to living with my boyfriend, now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was tough. But I think the toughest part was admitting I needed help. Because I'm, I've always been that, you know, I'm a Taurus, I'm strong, I can handle this, you know, I'm the dependable one, I take care of everyone. And it was really, really hard to admit that I needed help. Mm. I think that was the toughest thing for me. It was, you know, it was tough having the, you know, tearing the family apart the way that it did. Um, but the extra layer on that was that um, I needed help. Mm. And I had to ask my parents for that help. Mm-hmm. How did it feel? That, so when you're saying you're feeling like your family's fractured, you said, you know, the kind of, they're all kind of trying to process this, I guess. Did you feel guilty? Were you just relieved that you'd put it out there? Like how, what was going through? What emotions were you going oh, through? Oh no, I, I definitely, I was definitely feeling guilt because I felt it was my fault that I, I'd, I'd splintered. I had fractured my family mm. because of something that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my other son, he, he was the youngest one, was looking for a change and was enthusiastic about uh, moving to a more urban area because we were very rural where we lived in Nova Scotia, where you had to drive for everything. So he couldn't even go to a friend's house without um, 
a drive. He couldn't skateboard or do any of those things. So he was looking forward to having more freedom himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a tremendous amount of guilt. And I, and I carried that for a while because essentially I had caused this. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you don't feel like that now. We'll move on to that. Cause I think mm. you, you've done what so many as women, we do, you know, we, we, we go into long-term relationships. We are caregivers not so much caretakers and we kind of do we're natural pleasers a lot of the time on we're always trying to keep happy our parents and make people proud and then we have families then we raise them do you think your son going to uni was like a trigger for a like was that a big like a life point for you was that maybe part of what triggered it or was it something else yeah it was definitely that was definitely the trigger point um not because of an empty nest Mm -hmm. syndrome but more because I was realizing that I'd spent the previous, you know, 18, 19 years raising a family and I'd forgotten to figure out who Lucy was and spend that time getting to know myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was all sort of, you know, the perfect storm of situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you tell your husband, who, like, does he see it coming when you say I'm gone? Like, does he see it coming that you're really gone or how does that pan out? No, I kind of thought that he got it and that he was going to be moving up with me and we were going to be doing this, but it wasn't until I'd actually left Mm. that he, um, he realized that, you know, this was, this was for real. Mm. I think up until that point, he was, he'd convinced himself it wasn't going Mm. to happen that I would, you know, get five minutes down the road and turn around and come back. Yeah. Yeah. But you just knew like no I'm not going back I am in the car and I'm going and that's that's me I'm like done with that I'm done with Nova Scotia it wasn't your husband it was that life that you had there wasn't it it was I just couldn't I just couldn't I couldn't figure out how to piece a future together for myself there Mm -hmm. you know my my husband he worked remotely for a New York City agency so it didn't make a difference where he lived And, and it was a beautiful environment but it was, it was rural and I struggled for the, the 10 years I lived there. I struggled there to, you know, build a career and to figure out what it was that I wanted. Yeah. And um, it just built up to this feeling of, I got to get out of here. So, yeah, so, so you're in your basement and you've developed your journal. So yep. talk to us more about your your, your things, your five fab things that you... So they, they focus on, um, you know, as I said, they started off as very simple statements. Um, and I developed them into sort of more meaningful ones that now contain, you know, more of a why so I can bring purpose to it. So for example, I have one that is I have a strong and healthy body and I am living a, a long, fulfilling life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and when I'm writing that out, instead of, you know, beating myself up because of the cookie I ate yesterday, I'm remembering, yeah, well, you had your smoothie for breakfast and you went to the gym and, you know, okay, so maybe you didn't do all the weights, but you did this. And, you know, I find by writing them, I'm on a daily basis reminding myself what I am doing. Yeah. And, you know, it does, we've all seen, um, you know, and, and heard about the secret and the law of attraction. And absolutely, that is the number one reason why I've been able to create the changes because I started changing the way I thought. I started changing the way that I spoke to myself. 
-hmm. And I just put those daily actions into place. So now my morning routine is I set my alarm for 5 a.m. I get up, I make myself an herbal tea or whatnot, and I do my journaling. I do write up my Fab Five. I then have another paragraph that's sort of my sort of own mantra. And then I write for a little bit more, just journaling whatever thoughts are in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometimes I meditate, I go to the gym, do whatever and get up and and go on with my day. And Mm I start every day like that. And it is, it's been key. It really has been key. Mm -hmm. I'm also big on uh, vision boards and I have a couple of vision boards and, um, you know, I integrate those into my life. I have my main vision board is right outside of my bathroom, between my bathroom and my closet. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm looking at my vision board. So you're brushing your, te- your teeth twice a day. So you're, mm-hmm. you know, looking at your vision board. It's, it's simple things that anybody can implement. Yeah. So and when you were back in Nova Scotia, did you have any of this self-care ritual, morning ritual? Did you have that then? Or if you literally just started implementing no. all of that? Okay. No, I had nothing. And it, although I, like I, I, I mentioned, I'd been listening to all of these. I'd seen The Secret. I've, mm. you know, started listening to different YouTube videos and, and reading books and really diving into what this all meant. I just could, in, until the moment that I sat down and wrote down my Fab Five, I could not figure out how to implement it into my life and to make it easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you went through such a big bump in your journey then, Lucy? What do you think the reason is? The bump had to, had to happen for me to figure out who I am mm-hmm. and to develop these, these core skills and, and learn about myself so that now I can bring it out and uh, share it with other people. Mm-hmm. It, when you look back, all of these challenges and obstacles that, that happen in our life are all building towards something. And we yeah. can either let them bring us down or we can put them together and, and bring something out of it. And that's what I was able to do. Mm-hmm. We love so, that line in Gabby yeah. Bernstein, don't we? Have you read The Universe Has Your Back? It's No, I haven't read that one. Oh, Lucy, you'd love it. But it's um, basically the uh, obstacles are... It's, mm-hmm. I'm trying, it's like, it's like challenges or obstacles. Yeah, challenges or obstacles in the right direction. So it's the fact it's like the fact there is a challenge rather than saying why is it happened to me. It's about what is this trying to teach me? What is it trying to show me? You know, it's obstacles to put you into the right direction rather than to take you off the direction. Mm-hmm. And when we heard about that, we were like, that makes such sense. And we've mm-hmm. naturally instinctively done that a lot of our lives because we've been seekers and read the secret and all that kind of stuff. We do this for like a long, a long time, but about 15 years now, trying to find the reason and the purpose. Um, and we, we love that because we, we do genuinely believe that these things are happening for a reason and it might not be apparent at the time. And at the time when it's the person having the bump in the road, they don't want to hear, oh, it'll happen, you know, it's all for a reason. Sometimes that's the yeah, last thing the you uni- want to hear. The universe has sent you an assignment. Yeah, the <laughs> universe not- has sent you an assignment. Just be <laughs> open to what it's trying to teach you. Yeah. So... And that's it, is it instead of fighting these things as they come up, instead of accepting and learning from them. Mm-hmm. And I find that once you, you take that approach, you can get through them much quicker. 
Yeah. They don't drag you down. You, you look at them, you learn from them and you keep going. Mm-hmm. Cause you mentioned roller coaster, which is something that you yeah. talk about. Don't you? So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So, so um, actually in September, I launched uh, my own podcast and I called it the roller coaster because when we look at life, it is, it's ups and downs. It's, it's the twists and turns. And sometimes you're holding on tight and you're gritting your teeth and just, you know, can I get through this? And then other times your arms in the air and your head's back and you're laughing and you're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way I look at it is when you go to take your last breath, do you want to look back and say, you know, that really sucked? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to look back and say, man, I had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my arms were in the air. I had a good ride. I had a ride <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So you for the lessons that you really want to pay forward, what are your life lessons that you would want to share? Is is that it? Is it it's the roller coaster and enjoy it? Or what would you Yeah, you know, definitely um enjoy life. Um more importantly look to find your own purpose and what you're meant to bring back to, to the world, the universe, however you look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite honestly, if I'm able to create a massive change in a short period of time, in 12 months, 12, 18 months, then honestly, anyone can, anyone can. Um, we, we see, you know, we see the, the, gurus and the the motivational speakers you know we hear them when they're at at their peak when they're saying yeah I remember doing this and I remember how bad it was um but it's really hard to make that connection when you see how successful they are standing on that stage today and that's where I want to fill the gap and let people know that you know what that might be where I'm going but this is where I am today and I'm not afraid to share to share all the struggles that I've had and the challenges, but how I've come through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is that a lot of the time we spend so much projecting how perfect and how wonderful our lives are. Social media is a perfect example for that. You know, mm-hmm. everyone sees the pictures of the smiling, happy families, but they don't understand the, the pain or the anger or the fear or the problems that are behind those pictures. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to speak up more mm-hmm. and we need to, you know, not be afraid to say, you know, I'm going through a really hard time or I have been through a hard time. These are the things that help me. Maybe they'll help you too. Mm. Absolutely. Well, thank we yeah, think you. That. We think you're incredibly yeah. brave. And for me, you're just a shining example of what life lessons and now is your time is yeah. about. Because yeah. for us, this was all about we're the same. We think seeing real stories like ours, like yours, yeah. makes it so much more relatable for people. And mm-hmm. one of our big missions is just that movement to wake people up to stop going through the motions of the life before it's too late and they have regrets. So we love that you yeah. took action and were brave yeah. and kind of went with your gut instinct, knowing that, or even maybe it's not known, but just knowing that you had to do that rather than stay where you were and being stuck and having those regrets. Yeah. It just takes gumption, like yeah. in the bucket load to do that. So I'm so pleased you did. I know you're so pleased you did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tells us you're pleased you did. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm happy to say, you know, our, our family is, is awesome. We're all, 
living under the same roof. Um, our, my marriage is better than I could ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, I only wish that people could experience um, half the, the love and, and friendship that I have with my husband because it is, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I get all teary. (laughs) Um, yeah, it takes work. It does take work. It's not, you know, it's not easy and it, it, that's been part of the process as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm loving it right now. My arms are up in the air, my head's back and I am having a fantastic ride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your fantastic, scary, heart stopping ride with us. And we know that people are going to love listening to this. And, yeah. and a lot of people will have probably been where you or, or maybe are now where you were 12 months yeah. ago. And this is the story of it takes guts, yeah. it takes effort, yeah. it takes work. But yeah. actually, it's possible to really find your purpose and change your life, isn't it? Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Thank you.